0: Thank you, Lord, for what you will do in our lives. We are grateful, Lord. Blessed be your name forever. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Let's take our declaration. We are going to do a bit of teaching today. First, I will usually do that anyway. Before we start, so let's take our declarations of understanding. Is anybody coming for the first time? You need a copy of this so you can read it out with us on the cover. Alright, so let us declare. Once let's go. I declare. I declare that the Lord has spirit spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In our spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, and pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm exciting the knowledge of God. Now, again, I incline my ears to his word. God is entering my heart and is giving me light and direction. He is healing me in every area and is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. Again, I declare that God will give you that which you have declared concerning this evening in the name of Jesus. Amen. Understanding will come to you in a greater measure than ever before in Jesus' name. All right, can you just please bless somebody on your left and your right? Just bless the person with that declaration. The Lord will speak to you. He will turn you around. He will make you more and more like the Lord Jesus. All right. Um, we are going to continue looking at the higher purpose for Christian prayer. It's our school of prayer. And what we do is learn about prayer. What we do is pray. Those two things. We start with praying. We learn how to pray and then we continue praying and hopefully we will make that praying thing a habit in our lives. What we are doing here mainly is to instruct people on how to pray correctly, to instruct the people of God on how to pray effectively so that they will not waste their time spending many hours in prayer but not getting the results that the Lord planned. And that's what we are trying to correct by these um, teachings that we do here in our school of prayer. So we are going to continue. We'll be looking for some time at the issue of the higher purpose for Christian prayer. That is, what did, of course, that I, I remember them, I feel like going over it again briefly. That the fact that you are getting results does not mean you are doing what is right. Okay. There are many ways to get results in life, but does not mean God approves of every method. We, I explained the difference between what I call spiritualism. And what the Bible calls spirituality. I didn't find the uh, Bible to, get, to explain the first term, but the point is that spiritual things are available to every human being. Once you are living, you have a spirit, you have a soul, you have a body. The three of them together make up the human being. You understand my point? Even when you get rid of this body, it's a temporary thing. You have to be clothed again with another body. We are not designed to ever live without a body. It's a kind of body we use that might change. I hope you're getting my point. So there is a resurrection body, and there's a body for this you know, this particular life we are in, a corrupt body that is, is passing away, and one day is going to be replaced. But we have those three parts. There is the spirit of man. There is the soul of man. Sometimes people say your spirit is the real you. Well, we grew up with that doctrine, but really, you find that the Bible never uses that expression. What people were trying to say when they were teaching us that, I will find a way to balance it out. What they just meant is that you are not a physical being. I hope you're getting my point. You are not a physical being. You are a spiritual being. But when you say that, your real, the real you really use, your spirit, is not exactly very accurate from the Bible. What, what, where most of the substance of a person dwells is what the Bible calls the soul. Do you follow my point? That's why, in fact, sometimes human beings are called souls. Do you follow me? Now, so but everybody has a spirit. You are not complete without that spirit, and you are not complete even without the body. You understand my point. The main substance is in the soul of man. Now, I don't want to get. In case you've heard different teachings, I've, I've also heard those things. Oh, you understand. So after adding this and this together, considering everything, that's why I came to the conclusion that I've come, I've found, and you find the Bible never called human being spirit like that. Angels are the ones he uses those expressions for. You understand? But we have a spirit. We do have a spirit. One man told me once that uh, I'm making a mistake that the unbelievers don't have a spirit. And, you know, there are things I don't even answer people. You know, email and social media allows everybody to talk to you. So you have to be wise not to answer <laughs> every human being. Just one day, one man wrote it. I was writing the book, Should I Say Yes That Time? And I, 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 I was posting the chapters. You know, as a chapter is ready, I will circulate it so that people can read and ask questions. If you check the book, there's a portion at the end in which I included some questions. It's what people were asking as they were following. I said, let's write this book together. So I'll write. Then after some time, people will read. Anyone is ready, I send it out. So one man, I t- <laughs> he got angry when I said how a man should treat his wife. He said, what do I mean? Do I know the kind of thing he's going through? Did I write to you? <laughs> of course, I'm very wise. I just ignore you. Even if I see your mail, I just totally ignore you. We all have a spirit. I hope you're getting my point. We do. Now because of that now, so because there is a spiritual side to us and life is not all physical. The spiritual realm is as real as the physical. Actually the spiritual side is more real. That one existed first before the physical one came into being. And the fact that you can't um, see it, does not mean it's not real. Don't think you are the one that is real. Angels are the ones that are spirit, in quotes. That is so, they are. They have cloud. You have substance. They are made of cloud. No, they look at you as a fragile toy. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, your flesh is fragile. They are made of things that are more real. The reason why, let me, this is how I like to illustrate it. Let us assume this was made of gas. This pulpit, it can't be made of gas, all right? So no not stand. But let's okay. Let's start with the water. Assume it was made of water. Will I be able to lean on it? What will happen? I will pass through it. If it was made of gas, like okay, like the pulpit here, here right now. This one is made of gas. Can I lean on this one? You get my point. This is just air. You're right. So I can't lean on it. Now, why can't I lean on it? Because I'm more solid than this. The the water one will be. In the same manner, if an angel were to lean on this mahogany, this is pure mahogany. If it was to lead on this Mahogany pulpit, he will pass through it. you know why? He's more solid than this Mahogany pulpit. Think about it in that dimension. They are real. For you to see them, they have to take on a physical and slower vibration body so that they can interact with you. If Jesus amplifies the vibration of his resurrected body, he walks through the wall as if the wall is not there. It's not a miracle that it passes through the wall. That is what people like that do. They walk through walls. Is you hear what I said? Yes. It's not just watch me, I'm about to pass through this wall. Look, when I'm entering, like if you're entering this door, or anywhere there, there's a curtain. Is it a miracle to push the curtain aside and pass through? No, because you are solid, firm. The, co- the curtain is hanging dangly. You, you like my English there? Just dangling is not very, very firm. So you can push it aside. That is how those... With the new body and those who have a spiritual body. so what they call a spiritual body. The spiritual bodies, that's how they behave. They can push a wall aside, so to speak, and walk through it as if it is made of nothing. Why? Because what they are made of is more solid, is denser, is more together. It passes through this as if this one does not exist. The same way I will pass through air as if it does not exist. I hope you're getting my point. That's just the way it works, all right? So because we are like that, Okay, we have the spiritual side to us. We can interact with spiritual things, right? The more we are tied, especially in our mindset, in our thinking, in our doctrines to this physical world, the less we're able to perceive the things of the spirit. You know, my wife and I were discussing yesterday, and I was just telling her again that I'm convinced that most Christians, if you've been a believer for a long time, most Christians have seen an angel before. They've interacted with one, but they never knew. Maybe not all, most. And quite a number have seen the Lord. They just did not know who he was. And that's why the Bible warns us, be very careful how you treat people. Many of the people you encounter in life, they are not normal people. They are not normal people. They are angels. The Lord walks around. They are real. Do you follow my point? Very important. So we emphasize that because those things are possible, therefore, let's not be carried away by the fact that somebody, you know, enters into the realm of the spirit and does some things. You can have, you can learn how those realms operate. And you operate inside those realms frequently. You can't. You don't have to be a Christian. You can join a cult and they will teach you. You don't even have to join a cult. You can just join, you can become a Hindu. And they try to get you into it. They just tell you how to think, how to meditate, how to do this, how to sit. You understand? And things like that. And they are actually, they are not joking. They are not joking. They are real things. The only reason why people like us, believers, us now I mean, when I say us now, Don't dabble into such things that they are unnecessary. They are what? They are a waste of time. They said one day Buddha, I don't know whether, sometimes you hear a lot of things that happen, so you don't know which one is true, which one is false. But this one is such a perfect illustration. They said once Buddha met a man by the river who had practiced a a principle called austerity for 20 years. The man was telling Buddha that for 20 years I practiced austerity and now I can walk across the river. You know, I cannot walk across the river without having to, you know, without sinking. I can walk across the river. So the Buddha looked at the man and said, 20 years to walk across the river. Why didn't you pay a ferry, one shilling? It will have carried you across. <laughs> Buddha was into those things. But he told the man that, why are you wasting time? 20 years so you can walk across water. When there are boats, for one week's labor, they will carry you for one year. It took 20 years just to walk across water. Did the man succeed? Possibly he did. Did it benefit him? No. 20 years wasted. That's what Buddha was telling him. And so sometimes we Christians will understand more than that. That these things we, we are saying we should do, we will not do them, not because they are bad or good or whatever. They are unnecessary. They are a waste of our time. They are way, you know, like I are told you about the book I read long ago and a friend of mine showed it to me and he talked about the Akashic record. And how you can go into the past and see things that really happened. I said, so? So let us assume I really can go into the past and see exactly how Enugu was founded. How will it change what I'm preaching next week? How will it develop Christ-likeness in me? The history I need to know has been written. The history that I need to know is in the scriptures. What I need is the way by which I I will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, to bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. That's what I need. So that's why we believers don't have time for a lot of those things. We don't have time for a lot of those things. It's not because we don't think they exist. But, you know, you know late, late, I, when uh, are when this weekend. I will talk about the secret place. The secret place of the Most High. That's what the Bible says we should be laboring to enter into. Paul said, labor to enter into his rest. For whoever has entered into his rest has rested from his own works. Many of those things we are talking about are human beings' works. That if you enter into God's rest, they will not be necessary. I hope you're getting my point here. Okay, so that's what it is. So, we have to be careful that we do not mix spiritualism with spirituality. What is the simple thing about spirituality is that we are operating from the place of the rest of God. We are operating from the secret place of the Most High. That's what spirituality is. What is that? That means we are using the Word of God. We're not using spiritual principles, per se, that we are trying to manipulate by ourselves. The weapon, as far well as we are concerned, of our warfare, they are mighty through God. So the word of God is our warfare method. Do you follow my point here? Yes. There, there, there. Anything that God has uttered, that's our warfare method. That's that's how it is. That's how it is. If God speaks a word to us, we take those words and, like Paul wrote to Timothy, with those prophecies that were you no know, given concerning you, you with them do warfare. So what God has spoken is our way of doing warfare. And every day in life, I, I keep on, I keep on seeing things. That God does behind me, for me. Things you are not aware of. The Bible says the glory of God will be your rare guard. If you use the King James, you say your rare reward. But actually, literally, what it means is that you are a rare guard. And what I understand from that rare God thing is that God takes care of things you are ignorant of. Understand? Takes care of things you are ignorant of. Fights your battles that you don't even know exist. It, it, if you know how many things are against you in this life, are you won't... <laughs> You know, all these people that say, <laughs> there was once, uh, our tall reverend said that he uh, was in a, okay, we, actually we traveled to go and do a program in Port Harcourt. He woke up during the night, he wasn't sleeping, so he put on the TV to catch some TV program. So he stumbled into a, a Christian program, and one man was preaching, and the man was saying that, go and investigate the story of your life, the story of your life. He said, after I watched that man for one hour, he told himself, if any Christian watches this guy and listens to him, the fellow will be thoroughly confused. Fellow will be paranoid, and the fellow will never trust anybody again, including his or her parents. The story of your life. All these funny doctrines that who buried something is irrelevant. Just step into the secret place of the Most High, and everything buried in your case, whether they are uprooted or they remain buried, they will not affect you. I've seen people say that you have to investigate your ancestry, so you can do deliverance effectively. I like one word we use in Macody. It's New Living Translation. High-sounding nonsense, as the Bible calls it, high-sounding nonsense. When you hear it, one day I saw brethren gather, and they were so excited about something man of God preached along that line, that if your father was a slave trader, your, not your father, you know, your father couldn't have traded slaves, they are too young for that, I'm talking about your great, great your ancestors, thank you, great. if one of them was a slave trader. The slave traders had one thing in common, of course. It makes sense that they would take somebody from a home and sell it somewhere else. So, effectively, they were home wreckers. So, you take a young man away from his young wife, you have broken a home. You take a young boy away from his family, you have broken a home. You take a woman away, that they are home breakers. So, that their descendants will start having broken homes. So, if they marry, marriage will break. This and so this, you know, they now start confusing people. And listen, this life, people have married problems all the time. It's not a new thing. So people now start saying that maybe my great grandfather was a slave trader. <laughs> what you need to do is find out and get deliverance. The Bible calls it high-sounding nonsense. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. That covers everything. I can't go around and be digging around for things that have passed away. Am I mad? Sufficient unto the day, not to the past. Sufficient unto what? The day is evil thereof. I'll not be digging what one man who I don't even know who died before my father was born. My father and brother never knew him. and they, So why, why did I give my life to Christ? Why is it that Abraham's blessings are mine when these joker's curses are still mine? It can't be I have to choose my lineage. I have to choose my ancestry. If I choose the one that God has given to me in Christ Jesus, I'm automatically immune from the other ones. That's a matter of fact. And you can't tell me otherwise. I will not accept. I put my foot down, dig it in there. That's what God has said concerning me that's my portion. That's why I use prophecy to do warfare. Doesn't mean I won't have problems. Listen, let me just say it again. This life is full of problems. So once in a while you will stumble into one. There's nothing you can do about that. Like we said last time, every state in life is a problem-solving state. It's a problem you are solving that we are discussing. So that you have a problem is not a sign that your ancestors are still after you. People have know People have used all kinds of gymnastics, spiritual contortions, to bring out high-sounding crap for Christians to believe. So any time I want to start a business, it goes wrong. I say, it's normal. Are you the only one? Go to America. Nine out of ten businesses die within five years. Nine out of ten. Of the surviving, one out of ten, if you gather ten, another nine will die within the next five years. Essentially, 99 businesses out of a 100 die within 10 years, in the United States of America that you want to sell your ancestral village to get the visa to go to? No, that's a matter of fact. Everybody can have problems. And I say Christian problems, however, come from three layers. One is what? Ignorance, thank you. Let's say it loud. Ignorance. The second reason Christians have problems is the trial of faith. If you say you gave your life to Christ, even God wants to know whether you are serious. So then you give your life to Christ, you will now begin to prosper. <laughs> why, why wouldn't I give my life to Christ if prosperity is all that is waiting there? Why? Everybody will do that. Like one, I saw one joke. That time they found fifty eight million dollars, remember, in a bag in a koi. <laughs> they show one Mexican drug lord on the phone to his friend with you know calling his friend in Nigeria. He said, Oh boy, excuse me, I hear in your country we can make fifty eight million dollars without carrying drugs. Now please how do I get the citizenship? That is the drug man doesn't want to do drugs. So he said, look, if I can get fifty eight million dollars without having to shoot anybody, come on, what am I doing in Mexico? <laughs> that was the joke of the season. The guy said, no, I'm going to Nigeria where I can just do a bracadabra and get fifty eight million dollars. Why stay in Mexico where you you get shot? You know, like Americans, they say you got shot. <laughs> no, I'm going to Nigeria. The same man if we can just prosper here, abundant wealth, wealth, wealth. Even the Amroba will come to church and give his life to Christ. So sometimes God allows what all the Bible calls it's trial of your faith. He it says, it's used to purify your faith to be sure it's real faith and it's more precious than gold. A young a a, a, a pastor once was with me. And his phone rang. I was a young woman on the phone. And, and what, was this the rang or a text message? Just to mistake that I should see him and see trouble. And there's this young girl that he's kind of following up and all of that. Church matters and so. So she's always asking him for money for this, for that. So he needed money to do her hair. So she sent to the man of God in quotes that's following her up. And the guy told her simply that he doesn't have money. I know what she sent to him, and that's why I'm talking about it. Say you told me to leave my boyfriends. Now you are not there for me. I said, hey. That's why God didn't give you the ministry of follow-up. Left that for people like Okimuthi. You can't take that nonsense. I looked at him and said, Jesus. No woman on this earth, whether you are a young convert or old convert, will try that one with me. Nonsense. So is it me that you are doing a favor by abandoning the life of sin and iniquity? Who's going to hell? You think this hell is a joke? Some people are going to be smoked. You think it's a joke? It's not a joke. It's not a way of scaring people and just making them behave properly. No. These are facts of life. God punishes iniquity. In the afterlife, he does. He's not a God that's afraid to punish people. He does it and does it and does not feel bad about it. Ah, I'm telling you to escape from judgment to come. You say, I'm not giving you money to take care of yourself. You can't go and babysit. You can't go and wash clothes. You can't go to a restaurant and wash plates. Ah. I should be giving you money. Oh, thank you, Ma, for giving your life to Christ. What I can tell you is that the soul that sins shall die. That's the only thing I can tell. Ah, that day I wish I wish I was the one. Kai. And it couldn't have been me, you know. People will know what you can take and what you can't take. If you try that one with me. I will reply you back and say, please, how much would it cost to find your boyfriends? Because I can give you that money. I will find them. And I will tell you, if you call this line again, the punishment God has not yet given you, I will give it to you. If because of that you want to backslide, you think I will cry? I know people are not serious. I know people are not serious when I see one. Obviously you are not. You think if you giving your life to Christ, you are doing me a favor. You are not doing me a favor. The Lord is good. Again, I've gotten confused. How did I get there? <laughs> Try, okay, thank you. So that's, that's why Christians have problems. Sometimes, I mean, when you give your life to Christ, problems will, will come. A, 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 a woman met me in uh, Abuja. I went to preach there once. And she requested to speak with me afterwards. So her father and her brothers, they gave their lives to Christ, and then they are having problems. So she said to me that her, brother, her whole family, basically, Our brothers and our father, they were having serious financial problems. So after speaking with me for a while, of course, this is a summary of it. The man was a jujuma. You know what they call jujuma? Uh He's a witch doctor. That's a good way to put it, so Americans can understand. (laughs) You know what we call a non-native doctor. Witch doctor is the best word. Practice witchcraft. And so he gave his life to Christ and stopped. So the whole family gave their lives to Christ. So I was waiting for the problem. He said, they are now broke. I said, what did you expect? What did you expect? The business we were doing before you stopped. You think God will not be raining money for, to you now because, hey, thank you. He you gave your life to me. Hey. I said, no. The man will go broke. That's a normal thing. I saw your brothers. They are businessmen. I said, they've stopped cheating. They stopped lying. They stopped defrauding people. Now they want to learn real life. Real life. <laughs> one young man, one when I, he gave me, <laughs> he came to me at the end to ask me some questions. You know, there's a kind of counseling somebody will ask you for. Even you, you you need counseling. By the time the guy was done, I needed counseling. I was tired. Please, can I digress? If you Don't blame Buhari for the presence of Nigeria. Our problems are what? That is, the man, I'm feeling sorry for him. Next time they say be president, he will say no. I saw problems. Ah, father. But what I want to explain is that this guy is in trouble right now, in quotes, because he gave his life to Christ. What do I mean? He said I went to a higher institution. So he left. He just walked away. I said, why did you walk away? Well, some, somebody asked a question about restitution. That's what began it. He said, he just walked away. Why did you walk away? So he wanted to know what exactly he should do. He said, actually, the result with which he entered the school was very, very wrong. I don't know. I don't want to call it fake. Because it was authentic, it was genuine issued by Waik. Except that he said in the school where he went to, they just write the answers for you on the board. All you need to do is copy and submit. So that's how he passed. I had all of them passed in that place. So I was thinking, all right. And I, so I wanted to know how much he knew himself. And I said, okay. So what about the EI institution when you got in the, the polytechnic? He said, yes, that uh, he was supposed to write a project. I said, where? He said, N.D. That is O.N.D. First uh, level. That is lecturer I said he should bring money and then go home. That he will write the project himself and give him a copy. <laughs> you see why I needed counselling myself? <laughs> you no, know, there's a level of corruption you hear of, and you're wondering what. Ah, that the lecturer said, just give, he told him the amount that he would write a project and give the boy a copy. So I was like, okay, it's okay, all right. I was still thinking, my mind praying. Holy Spirit, that's how I do when you're talking to I'm praying, I'm praying, waiting for the Holy Spirit to give me something to say. By the time he tells me the next one, that Holy Spirit will see you in any good. This one, there's no need. <laughs> there's no need. Because the third one was the one that knocked me out. So I was like, okay. So he was saying that, should he go back to the school? So I was still thinking, should they go back? Okay, just go and write your project by yourself and ignore the man. I was still trying to get down together. He said, there's one more thing. I said, oh, he said he has never paid school fees. I said, why not? He said, no, you just give the boss our money, gives you a receipt. <laughs> you know, I didn't know where to start unwinding it from. Like what? So the boy was not standing there. He couldn't finish school because he gave his life to Christ. That's the point. The whole background had filled his head with confusion. So much that even Pastor Banky that has been teaching him on, no on, 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 uh, his problems are worse than this. So if I tell you more. Because when we finished this one, we now went to church matter. That is a Catholic. So that when they are studying the scriptures, well, Allah, we will burst bust again. Hey! I tell the guy, I say, I say, Allah, please take his number. Let me go home and go and pray. Because I told you this, we'll, no, we'll talk about this one. There's no need for revelation here. Because right now, even me, I need counseling. So when they tell you that Nigeria is by when did they bomb? That is, when you talk about iniquity, listen, if the church does not arise, honestly, told, at, at that point, in time, I told myself, ha! Ah, if I did not know what I knew, I'll run to Switzerland. Just to go and live a useless life looking at snow. Because I said, What kind of confusion is this? Ah. You're talking about corruption. Ah, do you understand? One young woman is to- to- ah, the other day, my wife and Israel's wife were there talking. And we're talking about what schools do to children, the parents will pay school fees. You will not let the child learn. You will be dashing in marks so that they can pay the next school fees. Then, when it's time to write external exams, you have to bribe because their weakness will be exposed. But life does not appreciate how much you have stolen. That I mean like you have, you know, learned that all these fake, fake marks you have. One day, life will just show up in your face. You see some things. Anybody blame Buhari again, dentist is your portion. You know what I mean, dentist, root canal treatment. Yes, because it's evil. What you are doing is wrong. You can't blame the man. For what? You can't blame any politician. We are the problem. Our problem is so bad. What pains me, all right, is that there's hope and pain, all right, in the same packet, the hope is the church. What annoys me is when the church is spending time t- teaching lies because they want to buy a new car and want to build a new building. You don't understand. The Bible says if the light that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? If the church does not get it right, the country is doomed, completely wiped out. you talking about Buhari? Forget it. Look at him. I feel sorry for him. Because what is it having to deal with? Forget all this noise we are making. The average person does not want things to work. Forget all this noise we are making the average person is not interested in things working out because things working out will place a responsibility on everybody. Place a responsibility on everybody. So, people don't like things working out. Back to my gist. So, the second reason why we have problems is what? The trial of faith. So, when we give our lives to Christ, look, that young man I was telling you, that was the the end of his education, giving his life to Christ. Ended his educational aspirations at that point in time. Said he can't go back to the school. The only, the only counsel I was able to give him is that please eh, just go and try and read yourself. What do you do? And I told me the, the, the business is doing. I said, okay. I prayed for him that God will prosper him. I said, just continue. Then go and read. Just go and read. Go and get, you know, geography, economics, biology, secondary school level, and read it to know. I said, when you're ready, then go and re- enroll for GC. In a place where you know they don't cheat. And just do it for yourself. Sa- do you understand? For your own sanity. So you can say I went to school. Ha! Huh. Anyway, so that's the second reason we have problems. So you expect it. Those people in the Bible, they gave their lives to Christ. They couldn't do business. People plundered their goods because they would not say Caesar is Lord. So Christians have problems. It's not a big deal. Get ready to get poor. If the way you were making money all the while was not honest. And it's not a big deal. Don't think that God will now suddenly start doing one miracle for you. The first miracle he will do for you is that hunger will not kill you. That's it. But you will learn to money. Sometimes he will disgrace you in such a way that next time you see, you see what, what i mean, When people are trying to, you know, have honor oh and no, no, honor, you won't be interested. The same place where you were driving your flashy cars, he will make you trek. And if you don't want to stop all that, you know, mental harassment, go and testify. Praise God. I was lost and rich. Now I have peace in Christ Jesus even though I'm physically poor. Blessed are the poor. For mine is the kingdom of God. Testify openly. Don't be ashamed of it. That's Christianity for you. I told you it's a radical adventure. It's a radical adventure. It's a radical adventure. That is Christianity. It is a radical adventure. So sometimes we do have problems. That's, that's what I'm going to say. It's called the trial of faith. I'm not saying God will leave you poor. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that He has to prove the genuineness of your faith. And number three reason why Christians have problems is called the just recompense of reward for disobedience. Sometimes what you are doing is just wrong. That's not how it is done. You are just doing it the wrong way. Sometimes you do it ignorantly. Other times you do it because you are stubborn. When you are ignorant, God will give you what? Correction. He will send you teaching instructions in righteousness. When you are stubborn, he will flog you. He will frustrate you. You'll be kicking... I mean, mean, it's like you want to pass through a concrete wall. You'll be jamming your head. You'll be bleeding. You won't shift the wall. Until you go and learn that this is not the way. Look at the way on the other side. Say, but the way is far. This one is closer. Keep on jamming the wall. That's what he does. So anyone who fears God, God gives gives him instruction in the way that he should choose. These are the three reasons Christians have problems. Say, what about ancestral curses? Except you are participating... In ancestral misbehavior, if you are in Christ, ancestral curses are automatically broken, except you continue to participate in ancestral misbehavior. because even curses that are genuine and are active, they do not even alight except they first bring you into temptation to give you method that is for you to put your hand into where they can come in. A curse was placed upon the house of Eli. As at the time that David, was, a, one of his descendants was still a priest. Even though God has said that he's going to wipe out the whole family from priesthood. Until that one joined a conspiracy against Solomon. That was when the word of God was now fulfilled in his life. That was when Solomon removed him from being a priest. I hope you're getting my point. That's why even though God placed a curse upon Nineveh. Forty days they will be overtaken. Forty days nothing happened. Why? Because they repented. Even if God pronounces a curse, he did. Upon the Bukadneza. Then I told him that, look, there are ways we can keep this thing in abeyance. It's centered around repentance. How much more when the blood of Jesus has redeemed you from that. What you just need to do is just take, keep your hands away from that which is wrong. Grace does not permit you to do evil and get away with it. Grace enables you to do right. Even though you are tempted to do what is wrong. That's what grace does. Grace kills your pride. Kills every excuse you have for doing that which is wrong. That's what grace does. It's not no matter what you do, it is okay. No. I feel like saying it again. Many Christians are in a particular spot. Simply because God said, the lesson that takes my children from that spot to the next, you have refused to learn it for whatever reason you have. And I will keep you there until you get the point. That's why all of us need to learn to pray. That which I know not, teach thou me. That's what who taught, taught, taught uh, Job. Don't assume you know everything. Say, that which I do not know, teach it to me. Listen, believers, so we have problems. It's not a new thing. People can have problems. Every problem in your life, look at these three things I have spoken about. First, make sure you know what God is saying about it. Learn God's word and stick with what you have learned from it. If he gives you a promise, don't give you excuses. I believe, go and get our series, the sayings of God. And even the one we just finished on uh, building up your faith. If God says, because take something like prosperity as an example, is a promise of God. I believe in it totally. Poverty is not the will of God. Amen? Wilderness is not the will of God, but sometimes you have to endure it. Hardship is not the will of God, but we endure hardship for certain reasons. I hope you're getting my point here. So if God says that prosperity is my will, say Amen. Now I don't mean say Amen now. I mean when you hear it, say Amen. You're not if you're not prospered now, it doesn't matter. Just say Amen to it. Just keep saying Amen. And then God will open doors for you. He will give the opportunity in life to be productive. He will teach you how to manage your resources. You teach you how to sow in such a manner that you can reap. Now, I'm talking about real sowing now. I don't mean you go and give to the church hoping that God will now you apply twenty to one million. If you want to give to the church, give to the church because you love the work of God to move forward. I hope I get my point. What I mean by sow is that you know how to expand your business. You will learn it. You will. We will give you something extra. And then initially, you, ah, say good. Me too. I want to go and buy gold. The way my man Maker too has gold. Because then you never get sense yet. Don't worry. When you finish buying the gold, the first thing you wear it, that's when you see two armor you'll slap your fist for nothing. You will collect it and take it away. And you won't see it again. It's God teaching you a small lesson. So next time, God will now say, you'll now go and say, I was so foolish. First time I've seen money in my life. i will say, good. She has gotten the point. You will send the money again. It's very good. It's a nice father. It's like you lose your school fees. You know, your father will still pay. He will rake, rake, bring him, flog you, do everything, make all the noise. When he finishes, he'll call you. Israel, come. Don't do it again. No. Yes, dad. He'll give you another 50,000. You go and pay. That's what fathers do. He told you don't do like that. You did like that. He will discipline you, but when it's time, he say, what will we now do now? He still our son. He has to go to school. And tell your mother, look at what your son has done. <laughs> God also does us like that. He will send it again. So when the money comes, this time around, then he will let the, the gold merchant appear again. Ha! See, this one is from Dubai. He says, get behind me, Satan. God say, oh, correct. That's my daughter. She understands the point. What do I do with the money? Say, what were you doing before? You had one bowl of uh, you non-business know, with a final car. All right? Buy a second one. Then they don't know that most of the time, by the time you finish selling for about an hour, everybody asks you, do you? have?" say, oh, you don't finish. And to you, it don't finish. is normal answer. It's been a good day. Say, why don't you make some more? That's why I gave you the extra money. Oh, okay. Then you expand your Cost a bit. Then the principle of expansion is not part of a constitution. You understand my point? It's not part of a constitution to expand. Then one day, say I can't fry all of this by myself. You employ one young girl, one young boy to join you. You are now an employer of labour. You may not think about it, but that's what you are doing. And the time it comes in which all you do is supervise ten members of staff frying akara. Then one day, one spray will just push you. Say why are you in this corner? I want to go and get one in one plaza. You know that plaza there? They are renting shops. Just realize that you, ah, I have the money. Maybe you let me pay twice. You pay twice, That's how God thrust you from the back corners where you were flying to the center of the city. The next time, you, next thing you know, cars are parking to be buying. They are buying for hours every day. Ah, say so why don't you add something else to it? We could actually be baking bread on this side. Fifteen years later, you look back. You come down from your car in the morning. You arrive two hours late because there are people doing everything. And you're on the phone telling your bank manager, okay, no, 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 please, I prefer that. That rate is too much for us because the property we are buying, you are speaking English. <laughs> that is what the Lord does. That's what he does. He instructs people. He teaches them. He helps you set your priorities right. That's how it digs us out of a lot of our problems in life. I hope you're getting my point here. So sometimes when one particular spot, God said, no, you you need to reorient your brain. There are some people, I don't know what I'll be able to get there today. Part of their problem is that every day, they are continually sowing negative seeds into the atmosphere with their wrong words, wrong perspectives of life. They have a barrier in their minds. And they don't realize it. they media made it up their minds that, listen, look, people of, of my level can never cross this level. As long as we're in this country. You know, they just have this, the Bible calls it stronghold. It holds a lot of people down. So they don't risk anything. The, a bread in hand is what? 200 in the bush. God said, cast your bread upon many waters. They said, no, a bread in hand is bread on many waters. They, don't, they won't take any risk. Why? They say the environment is not good. You know what the Bible says about the lazy man? He says, there's a lion in the street. I will be eating. Let's go out and walk. There's a lion in the street. I will be eating. He gives that excuse every day. Poverty is pommeling him daily. But he's a stronghold. He hasn't gone out. And people are going out every day and coming back. And you know what he's telling them? There's a lion in the street. I will be eating. He hasn't asked himself. My friends have been going out and coming back every day. Nobody has been eating. And then one day we hear the news of one individual that was eaten by a lion. He said, I everybody. I warned you people. I warned you people. And I say, wait, that man was a lion hunter. <laughs> And he had hunted 1,000 lions and he was only injured by one. He's at home. What I'm going to say is that he takes one occurrence in life and tries to paint a picture of it for everybody and for every season why he will never do anything. It's called a stronghold. Many people are in one particular spot in life because they are held by strongholds. Nothing government does ever works. Nothing works in this country. You can never do anything unless people are there to help you. And God said, now, wow, so I can't help people again. Oh, Allah. And a lot of people are just capped at a particular level. They can't go forward. They can't move. Their impact in society in life can never increase because they have a stronghold. Let me give you one tip in life. Just assume you are the cause of all the problems of this life. Just assume so. You'll be amazed at what God can help you solve. Do you hear what I said? Now, I don't mean that if rain is not falling, you are the cause. What I mean is this. Any problem that's in your life. Just assume, just for a moment, just say that there's something I'm doing wrong. For example, now your employer does not pay on on time. Just assume, now it makes sense to think that the man is a problem. Just tell yourself there's something I'm doing wrong. The minimum amount of money to survive, for example, let's say it's 10,000 and all you are earning is 3,000. Okay? Just assume there's a reason why my 3,000 is not enough. Don't say Do you get my point? Don't ever put the blame outside there. If you always put the blame outside there, you know what Elihu said? That God will not listen to your prayers. He calls it the the prayers of proud people. Because if you're always looking for explanations, it's not my fault, it's their fault. You have in abundance. And, And once you have explanation in your heart, it is called the denial of grace. That's it. Set your mind on what is right to do, and forget. don't ever accept all the explanations. If a client says, produce 10,000 copies of this for me, and you say you do it in one week, at the end of one week, he comes, and you don't have it ready. And why you don't have it ready is because the transformer supplying your neighborhood with power blew up two days after you took the job and collected his money. At the end of the week, the transformer is not back. Let me tell you how to prosper in life as a child of God. Don't blame EEDC. Tell the, just ask, not, just, I'm not talking about making good conversation. You know, there's always something I want to make good conversation. Ah, yes, my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault. I know it's my fault. So that they'll say this man is humble. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, really believe it. That I gave this man one week. Today makes a week and his job is not ready. Important question. Why did I not do what was right? To make sure that the promise I made is fulfilled. And you know what to do? Don't go and say, Lord, give us power, give us power. No, just get on your knees and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I gave my word and I did not fulfill it. Speak as if you, don't, you are not even aware there was power failure. Next time, a situation like that arises, you'll be amazed at how you will find the generator. Which, of course, will wipe out every single profit on that job. Guaranteed. Oh, that's what a lot of people don't know. They think when they are doing righteousness, money will now come. Righteousness is expensive. It costs. It will cost you. It's just like you, know, you need to know how to value things. That for you, the loss of that profit in that, on the, in that job, or let me be like this, the integrity, the fact that you promise something and you're able to fulfill it, is worth much more than the money you will lose in that process. If you think about it like that, you'll be amazed, you'll be so glad when you're able to deliver. I watched, there's some program I used to watch on TV many years ago, it was titled Small Business Today, something like that. And they had this segment inside that program. That's long ago, not recently, it's at least um, about 20 years ago. It was before I came to Enugu. I was in Enugu we used to watch it, Maybe Do you remember? Small Business Today. But it's long ago. At least something around 20 years ago. It was in TV. It was a local TV, so I can't remember. It's at the which channel. But inside it, they had a segment titled um, Street Fighter Marketing. Something like that. So the, guy, the idea was that this guy, they, they were teaching small business how to do business and all of that. So this guy used to teach on marketing. So he used to say, don't outspend your competitors. Outthink them. That you don't have to go out to go and be spending so much money. Just use your brain. you will be amazed at what you can do if you use your brain. He, he, did, he gave a lot of every week. It's a weekly program. We hear a new one. But there's one he said, which was very striking. He said once, and he was a public speaker, he took a job to speak somewhere, and I guess he forgot or something, I don't know. So he had another one to speak somewhere else. This is in the United States. So from one coast to the other. So his brother called, so they tried to reach him, most of the time they tried to get him, his phone would be off. They couldn't reach him, all the numbers they had, they didn't know he had gone very far away, and was preaching, you know, speaking in another, you know, uh, workshop or something. So f- they got his brother. So his brother now managed to connect with him and say, look, oh boy, look, look, things are really serious here. These guys have been looking for you. That's when he remembered he had an appointment. When is it supposed to be? Tomorrow. So these guys were desperate. Where are you? They've been to your office. They can't find you. So this guy was saying that what will he do? Now listen to this. You know, an average person would say, it's not my fault. But he said no. I I agreed to do this job. I promised them I will be there. I have to be there. He looked around for how to get there. There was no flights that would take him from where he was to where he wanted to be next day. Ha huh? After everything, you know what he did? He had to go and charter a flight. And there was no flight charter service anywhere. He kept on investigating finally he found an air ambulance. Did you hear what I said? Air ambulance. A A plane that carries sick people, which means it has a doctor on board, it has a nurse on board, it has medical equipment on board, so you pay off for all of these things if it moves. Now, for that time, I don't know about now, they told him that each move like that is $7,000. Now, at that time, he could have gotten a flight for maybe like $200 if there was a straight flight. But this time around, they told him $7,000. He reasoned that that is cheaper than losing his integrity. That that is cheaper than losing his good name. Than losing his good name. So he paid and told them to carry him, even though he was not sick. So they flew him alone across many states in the U.S., At night, he landed in the place early hours of the morning, freshened up, and walked in there. And they were all so relieved. He said, the pilot... Oh, where he was, he had not finished what he was doing. So the pilot now told him that, well, since I brought you here, in case you are going back, I can wait for you for some time. So the pilot took him back free of charge. So he got the return trip free, okay? And nobody knew what he went through to meet that commitment, He said, what did he gain? As far as he was concerned, I did not disappoint my people. So that now they had trust in him. Will he pay off later? Very likely. It's business. They will get more business for him over time. But at that point in time, what was important to him was that he did not disappoint people. You know, most people just say, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's the transformer's fault. This country we are living in. Can you imagine? The real system is not working. So they are supposed to build the real system to solve your overnight problem. So that's what I'm dropping it for people. Just assume that anything not working well is your fault. Just assume it generally. If you do that, you'll be amazed at how God will help you solve a lot of issues. So Christians have problems. That's what I'm trying to say. But God will not move up from one level to another until we have learned what we are supposed to learn in this season of our lives. No matter the season you are living in, especially when you don't like it and it's uncomfortable, start watching out for the, season, for the lessons of heaven. Away with blaming this person, blaming this person, and blaming poor old head of state. I wanted to do this, I can't do it. It's Buhari now. Evans is Buhari came into power. That's one of the most asinine things a Christian should say. I think that shouldn't come from your mouth. Some people, they have, they will find a new excuse for all their troubles. You know the new excuse? Tell me. No, 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 no. You should know now. Border closure. Even though the guy doesn't know where the border is. <laughs> <laughs> he will just say it's border closure. He doesn't know where the border is. So just find something to blame somebody. The Lord is good. So, I, I'm, I'm going over that again and again. So, that's why Christians have problems. Okay? Despite that, doesn't change the fact that we are redeemed in Christ Jesus. But God wants us to grow. He wants us to develop. We have to keep learning. We have to keep learning. One major teaching method that exists in life of believers is difficult. David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, I obey your word. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. So if you are afflicted, you say, which word do I have to obey? That's all. Which word do I need to obey? Which word am I missing? Because sometimes, it's not something, you know, I said it here a few weeks ago. It's not just what you know and you are disobeying that's a problem. It's what you have refused to learn. Because you're also held accountable for refusal to pursue knowledge. Did you hear what I said? You're also held responsible for that. There are people that are praying prayers in a particular way. Years after, they are still praying the same way. God said, this is why you will get injured. This is why, this is why you will have problems. I told you, because see, God is good. He's really good. Sometimes you just ignore some mistakes we are making. But after a while, you say no, you should be older than this. So if you don't deliberately go and learn what is right to do, you are held responsible for that. So that's why you must ask yourself every day what am I supposed to be obeying? What am I supposed to be obeying? Remember, we've said it, that is why Christians fast. It is not a way to make God answer them by force. Hunger does not make God answer people. Did you hear what I said? Please tell your neighbor that I think I can't preach it alone. Preach to somebody. Just inform them. Remember, he answered Hannah after she had eaten. She had been fasting for a long time, making a lot of noise. Her husband had consoled her, then she ate and drank, then went to pray. But this time around, she said the right things, and God answered. Long prayer does not make God answer, people. Shouting does not make God answer. Whispering does not make Him answer. Sowing seed makes no difference. If you like, put your prayer request with a fat, you know, with the way... Christians like to do it. Don't have any envelope here. They now you put the offering inside the envelope and put the prayer request behind. Now seal it together. So now cast it on the altar. Nonsense. What did I call it? High-sounding nonsense. Some people write the prayer points at the back of the check. Says so no usher will mistakenly separate the prayer points from the offering it makes no difference it doesn't make any difference God doesn't answer people think that's how God answers let's not talk about why he answers prayers yet okay? you can't force him to answer that's the point I'm making you can't if you want him to answer he said make sure you pray according to his will Fast or no fast, seed or no seed, he will answer it. If it is in accordance with his will and is a prayer of faith, guaranteed, he will answer. So why do we fast? It is to find out what is his will. Why do we fast? It is to find out what we did not know. Why do we fast? It is to cool our heads in the midst of the activities of life. We are busy here and there. So in the midst of being busy here and there, things escape us. We settle down and pray. And then God starts leading us. You know, that example we quote a lot of times. Ben Cassie's mother is a very beautiful one. She had done everything. Maybe as a mother. You thought you could make children do something. You've used everything. You've collected their PS4, PS5, close it. They've done everything. Beating them, bells, shouting. On the one that women are best at is plenty talk. Talk, 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 talk. After a while, they can recite what you will say. Once you want to start talking, mommy is about to start too. You way we are going, the way you are doing, you know to anything? They, they will be reciting it behind your back. I don't know what ben mother had done. She saw their report, she was frustrated. So you know what she wanted to do? To go and pray. And ask the Lord, what do I do? And the Lord told her what will work for those children. Ben-Kazi could hardly sleep that night. The mother said, she wants to go and hear God. She said, what will God say? And next morning, he was waiting. Because he did not hear Samuel, Samuel throughout the night. Let's see whether mommy heard it. Of course, she heard. In the morning, he said, the Lord said, no more television. You can only watch two programs a week. What? Oh, by the way, two books you will summarize for me every week. You've got to be kidding. No, I'm very, very serious. That's what prayer does. It's called a word of wisdom. Give her the wisdom. Ah, we should want to teach on spiritual div- what the Bible calls concerning spiritual gifts. So people will know that these things work. She prayed and God said, this is the wisdom you will use with these children. It's not a standard for all kids. But for that one, it worked. But Christians want to pray until the boys will pass by force. Then when they don't pass, they'll sow a seed and write the result, expected result inside the, the offering, and put it down and cast on the altar. That kind of seed, that offering has a rope attached. You have not let it go. Yeah, once it's supposed to bring you something, it's a fraudulent seed. It's not, God doesn't, all those songs have been giving, don't worry, God doesn't, He never, listen to me, He did not accept one. Tell your neighbor, say He didn't accept any. They were unclean. You know, in Israel, the priest had to examine the sacrifice first. They would check it. When they were checking your own, they said, oh boy, what's in the pocket of this, uh, <laughs> He said, that's my prayer request. The priest said, oh boy, it no be so. Take it. Because the priest would check it. But most of, a lot of, not most, a lot of the offerings we have given, bad. They were not, they were unclean. Why? They, they were, they had things attached. But as I'm giving you this goat, I want my cow, my cow that's pregnant to deliver six. Because, because if only one goat, <laughs> why didn't you ask me how much I charge? <laughs> no, no, think about it. You cannot decide the, the price and then what is you buy with it. No, you choose which one. Which one do you want? You want to tell me the money you have? I'll tell you what you can produce. You can't come to the market and say, listen, I want that G550. Mess this, Benz. What I have is 200,000 naira. So, I will give you the 200,000. No, you ask, how much is it? So, if you want cow that delivers five at the go, you ask God, what do you require yeah. me to sow? But we want to sow one. Look, nonsense. What did I call it? Nonsense. Around nonsense. Uh, that is from the Bible, I hope you know. Colossians chapter 2. New Living Translation. There's so a lot of people who will put, no, that's not what God wants. Doesn't answer because of that. He answers when it's in accordance with his will. So what do we do with prayer? Well, with fasting. To go and get his will. To go and get his will. What exactly is his will? Upon that basis, we'll now start taking actions. What I'm saying is that what God wants to do, he wants to do. We are the obstruction in the path of what he wants to do. So we'll remove ourselves from being obstructions. So one of the ways we are obstructions is that we have not learned what is right to do. That is that's the fact. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Alright, so that's, don't laugh what I'm about to say. So that's just recapping some things that we have said before. So, what I said last was don't laugh. I said don't laugh. Okay. Alright, let's, let's, let's go, let's go on. Well, if we don't finish it now, we'll finish it next time. Okay? I won't keep us for too long because of that. Alright, so, I went through that time to just revise some things that we must be careful to understand what spirituality is and not pray spirituality. So, there's a, even when we are preaching our prayer with God, hmm, we must know that there are different levels in pleasing him with our prayer requests. Jesus said, these are prayer requests that may get answers, but do not please the Lord. What shall we eat? That's how Gentiles pray. You understand? So, he went to Solomon. Ask for anything I will give you. Solomon said, give me this which was wisdom, knowledge. I want to be effective as a king and to be a blessing to the people, great people, fulfillment of your promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right? Great people that you have called and I've made me king over them because of your mercy towards my father, David. I want to be a good king over them. And God said, ah, you did not ask for wealth. You did not ask for honor. You did not ask for long life. You did not ask for the lives of your enemies. These are things that normal people will ask for. He said, for that reason, I'm so pleased with you I will give you what you did not ask for. After giving you the one that you asked for. You asked for th- the thing that was really on your mind. So we said, how does great faith come? It's by realizing that we cannot be self-centered. How does great faith come? Great faith does not come to the people whose prayer points are just about themselves. They will not have great faith. Great faith comes to those who know that God has given them this privilege to pull down something from heaven. For other people. We saw two examples. Remember. The only two people that Jesus said had great faith in his ministry on this earth were the Syrophoenician woman and the Roman centurion. Two of them not Jews. He said, I have not found this not not in Israel. The Israelites don't have this kind of faith. And in both situations, they were making requests not for themselves, but for people that they cared about. And I wanted to get up from there and go on into what I call the art of intercession. For us to understand what intercession is and why we really need to be committed to intercession. That's how great faith comes. You cannot, if you are focusing on yourself, your faith is getting weaker by the day. Those who find something different from themselves to pray about. You know, something happened to me. I think it was earlier on this year. Was it last year? There was a time, I think it was at night, I just had this was this stomach pain. I can't even know, I don't know which part of my body was paining me again. I think it was stomach. I don't know what I ate or what happened. You know, this kind of thing, you're just in distress. I don't know how to explain it. You're just in distress. You know, if you lie down, you want to stand up. If you stand up, you want to lie down. If you sit down, you want to get up. If you get up, you want to sit down. You just want, you know, ah! It was really hurting. And I was trying not to wake my wife up because if she wakes up, she won't sleep again. She'll be so concerned. So I remember that night. You know what, I want, you know what just came to my mind? I just felt that this is going to pass. I don't know, I just have that confidence. No matter what happens like that to me, I just say it's going to pass. I said, oh, but there are people that this is not planning to pass. They have an ovarian cancer somewhere, it's keeping them in pains all the time. They have this, they have that. So, you know how, how I got to my sleep? I started praying for them. I didn't know anybody. Else. I just said, but some people are in this kind of situation. And it's not planning to go away. So I got up. I just, it was deliberate. I decided to forget myself. And I started praying for everybody who can't sleep right now. Because it's too much. It's disturbing. And this thing is probably not going to go away soon. Because, and really, the prayer was sincere. I wasn't joking. I was sincere because I said, you mean somebody will carry this kind of distress? for a whole day, 24 hours, I knew mine wouldn't last more than an hour. I, you know, I just I just knew it was, it's not maybe bad food or you overate or something like that. I don't know what cost it. But I said, there are people that, this is not going to go away in one day. It's not going to go away in one week. In fact, the doctor is sure it's not going to go away. Because he has given all kinds of treatment available and they has given up. He yeah, has sent the fellow for what they call palliative treatment. That was palliative. Make the pain as low as possible until the fellow dies. So I decided that, okay, thank you, your own wahala is small. I want to spend this energy praying for people who seriously have problems? And that was, that was what I did until I finally fell asleep. What is intercession? I want to go into that. For time's sake, I'm going to stop it here soon. So that we can, well, I don't know, the one I did extensively, I believe the least we wanted to hear that, but this was what I had planned for today, the show of the art of intercession. What is intercession? Is when we obtain mercy for other people. That's the summary of it. Obtaining mercy for other people. And God allows that. God allows mercy to be shared. God allows people who have power with him, who have favor with him, he allows them to obtain mercy for those who don't have. He allows them to obtain mercy for those who are ignorant. He allows them to obtain mercy for those who still have a, who still have hope with God, but who currently, because of their ignorance or their own actions, which may have begotten them judgment. All right. Because of those things, they may be in serious struggle. God allows those that have, um, power with him favor with him, to ask for mercy for people. And actually, it is one of the responsibilities that we have as Christians. Let me tell us again about the opposite of being an intercessor. Being an intercessor, the opposite is being an accuser. So when you're an accuser, you're automatically not an intercessor. You can't be both. You can't be both, especially to the same circumstance, to the same situation. For example, it's very easy to know Nigerians who are not pray, Christians who are not praying for the country. Nigerian Christians. It's very easy to know. Just watch them chat. They are accusers. They are accusers. They always tell you what is wrong and how things can never be right, how things can't work. They are accusers. Let me say something to us again. Christians, our duty now as human beings. Remember, I said we are we have spirits. We are living. People will release a spirit into the air. We do. We have a responsibility to release faith, to release, post, release positive words into the air because those things are not just opinions. They are aggregated to decide what God is hearing in heaven. You are either an accuser or an intercessor. An intercessor, his business is obtaining mercy. I hope you're getting my point. An accuser is just to say this is how things will go. No, no, no. This is just the normal way. It has to go like that. Listen. The normal way is right. Because you must understand this. There's what the Bible calls the righteousness of God. That is, when God judges, he will be righteous. Okay? But sometimes, to prevent that judgment, you have to obtain mercy. Because the righteous judgment is going to cause a lot of trouble. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yes. Let me give an example. Israel disobeyed God. And what was the consequence? Let's open to it. Numbers chapter 14. The story, of course, you know, is about Kadesh Barnea. When the people went to go and, um, spy the land. Numbers chapter 14. Let's have on verse 5, but I'll just jump. Where I'm going is 11, but I just want to back up slightly so we can get a bit of, um, connection with the story that we all know. We know what happened, the people grumbled, all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and back to verse 12 now, and the whole congregation said to them, I, I, I mean, would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Now verse 5, Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel. Then Joshua and Caleb, of those who had spied out of the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel. They said, the land which we have passed through to spy is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land. Verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them, but, verse 10, but all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people spurn me? And how long will they not believe in me? Despite all the signs which I had performed in their midst, I will smite them with pestilence and dispossess them. This was what their actions determined. This was a judgment of God against their actions. Why? Because they had despised, that is, because they had spawned the Lord, they refused to believe in Him, and they had, that, and this was despite all the signs that He had performed. So God said as a result, they should be smitten with pestilence, and they should be dispossessed. In replacement, He will use Moses. He will use Moses to fulfill his promise. Now this is intercession, verse 13. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it. For by your strength you brought up these people from their land, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of these people. For you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye, while your cloud stands over them. Verse 15, now if you slay these people as one man, then the nations who have heard of your fame will say, because the Lord could not bring these people into the land which he promised them by oath, therefore he slaughtered them in the wilderness. But now I pray, now that's intercession, let the power of the Lord be great just as you have declared. The Lord is slow to anger. Remember, God told him this earlier. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. Forgiving iniquity and transgression, but it will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. He said in verse 19, Pardon, I pray, the iniquity of these people according to the greatness of your loving kindness or mercy, just as you have all have forgiven these people from Egypt even until now. Verse 20, So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. Now, let me just stop and reread that in a simple modern day um, English. Let me express it easily. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them because you asked. Did you hear what I said? I have pardoned them because you asked. He said, according to your word. Listen, that is what God does. When God wants to bless people, he leaves one man, brings him close to him, makes him somebody that they can relate, somebody he likes. And he actually depends on that individual to bring forth God's mercy upon people. Unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of us have learned the art of accusation. Anybody that says, I will not prosper, what should they do? Die. Die. That is being an accuser. The duty of believers is to be what? Intercessors. Let me tell you something about intercessors. They are crucial to the work that God wants to do on the earth. They are. They are. They are. They are crucial. God has to find intercessors. In fact, one of the things he does is to place them in strategic places. So they will continually plead for the mercy of God upon now. I want to emphasize now upon people. First, and upon a land. Let me just add the two of them together. They must constantly be pleading for God's mercy. One of the things I've noticed a lot of times, very, very common. You see in a family, only one person knows the Lord. Have you seen it? Father doesn't care. The mother only goes to prayer houses. So they can kill the husband's mother with prayer. You have experienced it. I hope you're getting my point. Sometimes, what do you find? The brother is a forwander. You know, is a thief. Every other person in the family, their heads are not normal. Now, in the midst of all of this, one firebrand child of God, male or female, and every day. <laughs> Sometimes when the fellow sees that you down and tells you the troubles of the family, you'll be wondering that, oh boy, I think they're ancestral curses. <laughs> you know the truth? Let me just tell you why it's like that. God does that, He like picks one from which family He does it. Okay, we'll talk about that later if we have time. One of the reasons that He does that is so that listen, it's difficult to pray for people you don't care about. You can say a word of prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to pray for Abdullah Suleiman that his life will be good. You don't know who he is. But they just announced to you in church that Brother Abdullah Suleiman needs prayers. Let us pray for him in Jesus' name. Abdullah Suleiman, whatever he is, it is well with him. But really, if you hear he dies, dies. They say he died. Have they buried him? You know, you don't, you're not moved. If something doesn't move you, your prayer is not very effective. It's called the, the principle of intercession is, is, is this. You must be touched with the feeling of the person's infirmities. God has different ways he connects people. They don't have to be your family members. I'm not saying they're just family members. But if you are not connected, it's difficult to pray. It's just difficult. What happens sometimes is that God will move and supernaturally add a burden, a connection you know, between people. It can happen. These are what they call... You know, like I said, we might talk about it. one of these is diversities of manifestations. Paul said concerning spiritual things, let's come to visions and revelations. There are things that happen outside the normal. There are times God will just make you meet somebody and start discussing, and the milk of human kindness, the way we say it. it, will make you hear somebody's troubles and it will move you. But now you are moved. But except it moves you, your prayer is not very effective. That's a matter of fact. The Bible says concerning Jesus that he has to be touched with the feeling. Of what? Our infirmities. The things must touch you. They must touch. So that is why God allows it like that. If each family, just this family, they are in trouble until I find somebody. So once they find somebody, say good. That family is solved. Goes to the next family, all of them, mafia people. Wicked souls. Finds one person inside there. Manages in quotes now. To get that one to come to church, give his or her life to Christ, and it says in effect, and every child of God, hear this: He says, "You are my intercessor in that family because, as a matter of fact, I love everybody inside there." I hope you're getting my point—that you are my intercessor in that home. That's my job that I have given you in the midst of every other activity. This is your work. So, your brother who's a thug, we join. 10 other talks will go and steal ballot paper. And they will now, you know, they will now go and meet soldiers who are not, all they hear that day is go. They didn't hear come. And they say, this ballot box must not move from here. So when they say, hey, you drop that ballot box, the boy won't run, they begin call gun, begin shoot. (laughs) And out of 10 criminals, 9 are gone down. In fact, your brother was gone down. But, he escaped and discovered that the bullet hit the buckle of his shoe and something happened and one thing happened, he's okay, just got his wood, scratched him a bit. You know why? It's not, like we say, it's not ordinary eye. It's because I placed an intercessor in that home so as to obtain mercy and give him time. So his escape is not by chance. It's a result of somebody pleading. You know, remember Moses? God said, because you asked, I will do exactly what you have said. So the individual prays, not knowing that the brother is going into trouble, just praying normally. Father, I pray for my brother in the name of Jesus. He will know the Lord. Have mercy upon him. Draw him close to you. As you are saying all those prayers, you pray in the spirit, you pray with groanings, you pray in other tongues, you pray all kinds of prayers. One angel just God collects the prayers, stones it in one angel's direction. The angel uses it to buy spiritual bulletproof. As they are firing that day, pam, 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 he blocks all his bullets and allows one to touch his leg so that he will know that he actually was there. But there's a way God will still so deliver you. You think it was a dream. That I only dreamed that we went out. <laughs> so God will say, No, let's give him small injury, scratch his back, let his skin peel against one tree. Do something, don't let him be seriously injured. Then he will get home and say, Ha, ah, that's how people die. It was supposed to be a small thing now. I did not know that he, that's the end of toggling his life. Then one day you come and say, we are going for a program. Say, let me escort you now. You will know the boy is looking for salvation. <laughs> because through that experience, God just used it to show him that this thing does not pay. That you're about to die without recovery. But my emphasis there is that somebody had to keep him alive. I hope you're getting my point. Somebody had to keep in my life. That's why sometimes when I counsel with people and they tell me troubles at home, I say, sorry, you know, cross. You know what they call cross? It's your cross. You just have to carry it. It's not nice, but, you know, you were placed in that home for that kind of, you know, situation. You know, I was talking to my students yesterday. I said, some people say, I'm running to America. I said, listen, everybody has their own problem. Africa will have our own problems. You understand my point? Okay, but we also have our own benefits. We have family people that will look for us. You know, a lot of people, some of these white people, once at the age of 19, they've left home. Their father, they don't even, their father even died. They read in the newspaper. Say, hey, where was he buried? No family connection. That's why they commit suicide very easily. We don't commit suicide often. Forget all this story, read about Sniper once in a while. Those are just crazy people. A lot of times, normally, we, we don't come inside. Because when you want to come say, hey, my uncle, next week, oh, when well, you remember your uncle, He you said, let me go take him to hospital first, and I will die after <laughs> the man has died. Do you get my point? The, 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 the family connection is so plenty. And it's not for no reason. There is a reason for it. What God expects is that you use that to impart a spiritual blessing into the lives of people. Unless any time we occupy with what shall we eat, what shall we drink, with what shall we clothe ourselves, is time that we are wasting, which we, like, which we should have used to pray for serious matters. I hope you're getting my point. Let's start to our feet. I want to let me just stop it here because of time. Let's pray a bit, and then we we'll, will continue teaching along this line from next time. The Lord is good. I'll just stop. That's what I wanted to teach on today, but of course we couldn't go very far because of all the other things that we had to do. But I hope you learned something today. So let's give the Lord thanks. Remember, you are what? An intercessor. What did I say? An intercessor. What are you? An intercessor. Say it. I'm an, intercessor. I'm an intercessor. I am not an accuser. I'm not an accuser. Say it again. I'm an intercessor. An, intercessor. an intercessor. I'm not an accuser. An intercessor is somebody who operates by mercy. Blessed are the merciful. You know what God is saying essentially? Just take care of my business. Don't worry about other things. I'll add them onto you. I hope you're getting my point. And I, and I, I'm, I an intercessor operates with a lot of mercy. That is people's fault. You know what they deserve. You know they deserve to die. You know they deserve poverty. They left all the troubles of the family only on your neck. Sometimes, you know. Of, those are the things I have learned. There's no way they share things equally. Your brother may have more money than you. Doesn't mean he has as much sense as you have. You think it's just about money? It's about sense and faith. You have a father, you have a mother, you are number three, you have a big bro, you have a sister, you're number three, and you have three younger ones who are not working, who are in school. That your your brother drives a G class, but his spirit, in his spirit he's striking, he's poor. (laughs) On the surface he has money, he has built a house, only for you to hear that he has not sent your father anything in the last three months. The last time you sent your father money was because your father was sick. You are the one with you. you are managing him. You don't have so much. In fact, because of every trouble at home, you've not been able to buy that car you wanted to buy. You no, know, you'll be angry. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because you think he has a lot of money. What you forget is that to be a generous giver requires faith, not cash. Cash is secondary. Faith and understanding is first. And in that area, he's poor. He's very poor. So there's no need to get angry again. See, I've solved a problem for you today now. (laughs) You've been angry all this while, and your anger was going to kill him. I hope you know that. Your anger was going to enjoy him. You can't pray effectively for people you are angry with. Everyone just think about him. Just wish one of his trucks just catch fire. Let him see poverty. You know what poverty is. It's not necessary. Actually, it's not necessary. What God has done in this life is that he has seen you, you think that he has more no money. God says yes, he has cash, but he has no sense. You are the one that has a lot of sense, a lot of faith. You are the one that has been instructed. You are the one that understands that listen, honor your father and your mother is an important precept of life. He doesn't understand it. So you know what God says? He's ignorant. Deal gently with him. You are supposed to deal gently with the ignorant. From there, start laughing at him. When he buys another car, just look at him and say, foolish boy. Now you're like, well, but your mind, this guy is very foolish. See, is he going to carry this car to heaven? Meanwhile, he's never done anything serious. When your cousin's need, they can't go to him. They know him and say, ah, Aradite. <laughs> you know what they call Aradite? So that's what I mean. So, so, so You know he's like that. He will not drop the money. There's no need to be angry with him. What God gave him is cash. He did not give him wisdom. He did not give him understanding. He didn't give him faith yet. Yet. So what do you do? You plead for what? Mercy for him. Because understanding or no understanding, if you are doing what is wrong, wrong is wrong. And when it is wrong, it begets judgment. So it is the duty of the intercessor and the family to obtain mercy for everybody there. I'll be getting my point. We'll continue developing that next time. For today, let's just give a lot of thanks for what he has taught us this evening. Let's just give thanks. Let's just give thanks. And just in the midst of giving thanks, just take a minute. Somebody came to your mind and quickly pray for the person. Just for one minute. We are closing now. Just quickly pray for the person. Somebody came to your mind. I mean, your relative or a close friend or a close friend. Somebody without understanding. Somebody without understanding. Somebody without understanding. Say, Lord, have mercy. That's what you're asking for. For that, my brother, my sister, my cousin, my dad, my mom. Without understanding. Making them walk in a manner that is wrong. Deserving of divine judgment. Pray. Pray for mercy. Mercy prolongs lives. It gives people the opportunity to repent. Mercy prolongs lives. It gives people the opportunity to repent. So pray, say, "Lord, have mercy. mention that name, and have a fellow's picture in your mind so that you direct your prayer in his or her direction or their direction. It could be a family. Say, "Lord, have mercy." Say, "Lord, have mercy." Say, Lord, have mercy. Mercy will prolong his life. The fellow may be sick now. He will begin to recover. He will begin to recover. The fellow may be sick now. He will begin to recover. She will begin to recover. And your own health. Ah, that's it. This is the word of God. Your own health will begin to spring spring forth speedily. Because he that shows mercy will obtain mercy too. Say, Lord, have mercy. You are asking God. Don't let him die. Don't let her die. Don't let this trouble stay. Pray for your loved one. You are placed in the family. God needs an intercessor in each family. So that everybody may come to the knowledge of Christ. Now, pray that that individual, if the fellow is not a believer, or you are not sure, pray that he will come to the knowledge of Christ. Pray that she will come to the knowledge of Christ. And if you think the fellow is a believer, say, Lord, open the eyes of his understanding. Open the eyes of her understanding. That she will have the knowledge, the true knowledge of God. That Christ will be revealed to him, to her. Ask God for mercy. That's what intercessors do. That is what intercessors do. That is what intercessors do. Intercessors obtain mercy. They push back judgment. They prevent judgment from coming. Let's let's begin to give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You are an an intercessor and you are not an accuser. The blessing of the intercessor goes with you today in Jesus' name. Favor will be in your home in the name of Jesus. Your children will experience favor in the name of Jesus. Your walk will experience favor in the name of Jesus. Amen. The blessing of the intercessor goes with you today. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now listen to this. No evil will befall you. Amen. No evil will befall you. Amen. No trouble will come upon you. Amen. No sickness will attach itself to you. Amen. Because indeed you are covered by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out Out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Quickly bless the people around you. Say to them, This is your season. Two more people, this is your season.